0: Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by Bridge Bank. Today's Tuesday, September 29. US consumer confidence is up, oil prices are down, and we're focused on the business of fame. In the early days of the pandemic, my nine-year-old began binge watching the old Nickelodeon show iCarly, and trying to find a way to lift her spirits a bit, I decided to get her a personalized video message from one of the show's stars through Cameo, a company that basically serves as kind of a fan interaction marketplace for celebrities from A-list through Z-list. Here's how it works. You pick the celeb you want, tell them who the message is for and why, and then pay them a rate of their choosing, anywhere from a few bucks to a couple hundred dollars. Within a day or so, that video gets sent to your phone. My daughter, of course, loved it. So I decided to order one more this past weekend.
1: Hi, this
0: is Gilbert Gottfried, and it's so exciting to be on Axios Recap. Now look, I was asked to say uh, why I joined Cameo. Well, that's easy. That's an easy one. Because uh, Cameo has a high amount of zinc. And my doctor told me I had a zinc deficiency. And so that's why I'm on Cameo. Cameo may sound like novelty, but it's become big business. It's backed by some of the top names in venture capital, and one of its celebrity users recently surpassed the $1 million earnings mark. So we want to dig into what might prove to be the next evolution of platforms like Instagram and Snapchat with Cameo CEO Steven Galanis. That conversation in 15 seconds. We're joined now by Stephen Galanis, the CEO of Cameo. So, Stephen, let's just start with the basic founding story here. Why did you think to start this company?
2: Yeah, thanks, Stan. We've been thinking a lot about this idea that in the social media age, there's actually a gap between fame and monetization. So you have this new class of people post MySpace, post Facebook, post YouTube, post Instagram, who are actually more famous than they are rich. And as the amount of content in the world is exponentially increasing, there's more and more of these famous people that are being produced. And the gap between fame and monetization in many ways had never been wider. There was a documentary that I remember watching that ESPN did. It was a 30 for 30. And in that documentary, they talked about how over 80% of NFL players go broke five years after playing their last game. And my co-founder, Martin, was an NFL agent who was repping a guy named Cassius Marsh, who was like a journeyman player, he was never able to find him any off the field dollars. And Martin was telling me about this problem. He showed me a video he'd gotten made for one of his buddies, who is a marketing executive at Nike, having Cassius Marsh congratulate him on becoming a dad. And the video was so cool. Like immediately we had the Eureka moment and it was like, this is the new autograph. And we set out to build the marketplace where for X amount of money, you could do Y activity with Z person.
0: One of the tropes in startup land for the last several years, probably going back almost 10 years now, is Uber for X, right?
2: I do think at their core, athletes, actors, celebrities are all gig economy workers. They talk about musicians and you have a gig, right? Athletes get paid per game. Like NFL players get paid every Sunday. They get paid 16 times a year. So in a world where their gigs are canceled, like things like Cameo are more important. But the interesting thing to think about is for the vast majority of people on our platform, they have other ways to make money on top of it. So it's really like the fan engagement that is critical for them.
0: The people on the Cameo platform, their price is public. Does that become uncomfortable having those conversations and trying to figure out what is the perfect price point?
2: Oh, we let them set their own price, right? So I think that starts with that. I remember in the early days when Andre Drummond from the Detroit Pistons ended up joining the Cameo platform and he was making 25 million a year. And he was saying that he'd gotten paid like $20,000 or $30,000 to show up in a bar mitzvah. So he had that as he was anchoring. And I told him, I'm like, you don't need 10 grand to do this. Like take your annual salary, $25 million divided by 2000 hours in a work year, 50, 40 hour weeks, and then divide that by 60 to find out how much money you make per minute, right? Which is about the length of a cameo. So if you do the math, Andre Drummond makes $208 per minute.
0: There's also two different price points, not publicly, but there are. There's the price that I might pay to get, you know, a cameo for a friend or for a relative. But there's also a promotional one that if I'm a business and I want this to be kind of an advertisement. Is that a big part of the business, the promotional piece?
2: It's growing. That started because people like Brett Favre found that they were getting booked a lot by car dealerships in Wisconsin, right? So Brett Favre's 400 bucks. His jersey number was four. So he added two zeros behind it. And he really wanted to be accessible to his fans but he was finding like the Kenosha Chevrolet dealership was trying to get Brett Favre to make a commercial for their Labor Day sale. And we found that when he was declining videos, about 5% of cameos get declined. Over half of the declined ones were businesses actually reaching out to talent to try to make small commercials for them. We talked to Brett and Brett's like, hey, I would do this. I just want more money. And now for $10,000, you know, that car dealership could get a commercial that otherwise would have cost a few hundred grand, like sending a private jet to Hattiesburg, pick him up, film for the day, edit, film crew, all that type of stuff. We think that's going to be extremely disruptive. We've rolled that out to just under 50 of our talent right now, have that promotional price, but it's growing really quickly. And we think that'll be a big business in the future.
0: Correct to say the basic economics of Cameo or that you guys take a cut of each Cameo. And if so, is that cut consistent? And can you share with us how much that is?
2: Yeah, every single... Talent is on the same split. We have 35,000 talent. Every single person is on the exact same deal. It's a 75% take rate to them, 25 to us. The one place where talent can make more money. We have a talent to talent referral system. So Dan, if I referred you to Cameo, I would get 5% of your bookings for one year out of Cameo's cut. Everybody in the world has the same deal. We've never paid anyone to be on. We've never given equity for anyone to be on. We've never paid anyone to promote. We believe that everyone needs to be on the same deal.
0: You talked earlier about how this is kind of a new platform for celebrities who would say been using YouTube or been using Instagram. Do you view yourself as competing with Instagram and YouTube? Not obviously in their entirety, but in this piece of it?
2: I look at Instagram and YouTube and TikTok and SoundCloud and every platform. They're the farm system for Cameo. They've gotten famous other places, but they're monetizing and becoming more popular on Cameo.
0: Speaking of popular on Cameo, you guys seem to have caught The pandemic zeitgeist to a certain extent, and in part because people want to get gifts for each other or have a personal connection with other people, can't necessarily get together, can't give the sorts of gifts that they used to, tickets to a sporting event or a concert, et cetera. How do you as CEO kind of try to figure out what percentage of your business isn't artificial per se, but is pandemic boosted? And when the pandemic goes away, if there's a vaccine, would disappear?
2: Well, I think when we looked historically at why people weren't joining Cameo, right? We've been around for three years before the pandemic started. And this business was growing rapidly, as you know. We were the fastest growing consumer marketplace in the country last year, and that was without the pandemic. So I think in many ways, we had a pull forward here. And a lot of people who had said no historically had said no because they were making too much money or they didn't have time. And suddenly in a world where all live entertainment stopped, you know, all film productions stopped, all sports stopped, all comedy stopped, all music stopped, people were willing to give us a shot. Once they gave us the shot, It's up to the experience that they're having and the NPS of the product, which is an 84 on the talent side, right? The talent like making cameos as much as they love their Tesla or their iPhone. So once they're on, we find that they stick. Part of it is they realize that, hey, I can make a good amount of money in a pretty small amount of time. In fact, we just had our first talent cross the million-dollar threshold on Cameo this week, who is Brian Baumgartner, who plays Kevin from The Office.
0: Final question for you. Who is somebody who you have spotted on the Cameo platform and thought, oh, wow, I'm actually a little bit, if not starstruck here, you're kind of psyched that they join, not somebody you recruited?
2: Snoop Dogg. I mean, when Snoop came, that was inbound. And that was before the pandemic. Carol Baskin was another one that just happened. I had personally reached out to her in the early days of COVID when Tiger King was popping. She's like, no way, I'd never do it. And then a couple weeks later, she just like downloaded the app. I think she saw how well other people had done and she raised like 300 grand in the first month for Big Cat Rescue.
0: Stephen Galana, CEO of Cameo, thank you so much for joining. Thanks, Sam. Welcome back. What we'll be watching tonight is the first debate between President Trump and former Vice President Biden. It begins at 9 p.m. Eastern time, and I had two lead up questions for Axios politics editor, Margaret Talev. What's the most important thing for each candidate to do tonight?
1: Donald Trump needs to make a convincing case that he has not bungled the coronavirus and that the country will actually be in safer hands if he's given another four years. Joe Biden has a really different mission, which is to keep the conversation about the coronavirus on track and not to get sidetracked by bait that the president will throw at him about his son Hunter or something he said about getting along with segregationists 40 years ago in the Senate.
0: And is there really anyone tuning in who hasn't already made up their mind?
1: Yes, but very, very few. Consistently, the polls show us overwhelmingly the Democrats are voting for Joe Biden, overwhelmingly that Republicans are voting for President Trump, and that there is a narrow window of so-called independents' lowercase i's who are either swingable or who haven't made up their minds. But will they be tuning in tonight? And is the debate going to be what changes their minds? I don't know. I wouldn't bet on it. And neither are the candidates. Biden's team is telling him consistently, don't get psyched out by this. You have to do well enough. This is not going to be a pivotal event. That's probably true. But if the election really comes down to the margins, like, are you going to be the guy who didn't prepare for the debate because you didn't think it would matter?
0: Today, we're also watching Nashville, where the Tennessee Titans football team closed its practice facility after three players and five other staffers tested positive for COVID-19. The Minnesota Vikings, who just played the Titans, they also closed their practice facility. The NFL hasn't yet had to cancel a game through its first three weeks, but that might be about to change. And finally today, we're watching Tomatoes, an agriculture startup called App Harvest this morning announced it'll be acquired and go public via one of those SPAC mergers we've been talking about. Why it matters is this is about to be a $1 billion company based in Moorhead, Kentucky, Kentucky which is in one of America's poorest congressional districts. Its CEO tells me the plan is to continue building out in Moorhead with around 350 employees by year end, in part because it's less than a one day's drive to most of the continental US. In other words, fresher tomatoes. App Harvest, by the way, features a board of directors that includes Martha Stewart and Hillbilly Elegy author, JD Vance. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, Have a great National Coffee Day, which might be the most important holiday of the year. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.